Hey guys, we are Bad Moms in Business. I'm Bridget Robertson. I'm Amanda Sharp. And I'm Danielle Monahan. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Bad Moms in Business, the podcast. I'm Bridget Robertson. I'm Amanda Sharp. I'm Danielle Monahan. And I'm Benny Kapal. <laughs> did, did you guys hear that? Did you guys hear that other voice? Did, did you hear that manly voice that doesn't belong to me? I believe that we have a special guest, guys. Who's and today on Bad Moms in Business, there's Benny Kapal. Hi there. I'm Benny Kapal. I'm a fourth generation funeral director out of Ida, Michigan. We have been in Ida now for 85 years wow. and we take care of our community here. Thank Benny, you for having me on the show. You don't look a day over 75. So congratulations on that. <laughs> It's 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 a it's a special hair. Uh, it, you should see it really. I mean, I'm more of a great fox in theory. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. All right. Okay. Good. So we are going to get into this in a little bit. We have some tough tough conversations that we're going to have about like grief and loss and death and all kinds of things like that. But first, how's everybody doing? We good? Well, turns out. I'm super far behind on our book club book. So mm. uh, that, feeling the pressure hey, this there. Book? Mm-hmm. Right here. The Happiness Project by Gretchen Rubin. I love this book so much. Please pick it up if you have not. This is our January slash February book because we do one book every other month. We are going to be recapping this and going over it on Facebook Live on our VIP page uh, towards the end of the month. I guess I don't know the exact date off the top of my head. Please read. Great. Well, great. That was good information. Um, <laughs> Nobody knows. I, I feel the pressure, though, because I'm further behind than I would prefer to be. It's only the ninth. You got plenty of time. If mm-hmm. I could get off Clubhouse, I mm. absolutely know for a fact I'd have had it completed by now. But I, you can find me on Clubhouse. That's just where, can I've, we- where I've been. Can we talk about how the Amanda is just killing it at Clubhouse? I mean, I mean, if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> Every day she's in there just, she's modding all of these rooms. I see her all over the place. She's got like a thousand followers now. It's crazy. It's so oh. much fun. It's an app that was like almost made for me. Like you got to admit, like it is oh, yeah. Amanda app, right? Mm-hmm. So but speaking of Clubhouse, I think that that's a nice segue into why the heck do we have this this man here with us today? Yeah. And so explain yourself. So anyways, <laughs> thank you, first of all, everybody at Bad Moms. I would like to say thank you for letting me on and to talk about what I'm going to be talking about today. But just a little bit about me. Uh, my name is Benny Kapal. I'm an identical twin, so that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I am uh, a YouTube channel host called Kapal's Corner, where I uh, talk to local uh, artists and we uh, just local, just local people doing local things, and they're they're amazing. And we we've been doing four seasons now, so we're almost done with four seasons. So that's awesome. You can find us at Kapal's Corner on YouTube. Uh, I also the most important, I think, the thing you guys want me on, or you ladies wanted me to 
to talk about today is my Let's Talk About Death podcast, Mm -hmm. where my identical twin and I, who is a psychologist, and he specializes in grief and loss, and I'm a funeral professional, which obviously specializes in grief and loss, um, talk about subjects that we think can break the taboo and the stigma of death. Death is not talked about anymore. It used to be. When you had a grandparent that got sick, you would take them into your home, you would take care of them, and you mm-hmm. as a son, grandson, granddaughter, daughter, spouse, you would watch death happen. And oh. because of that, you'd have more of an interesting, um, and you'd have more educa- you, more educational because you're on the spot of it, uh, death, you would see it and you would see the sometimes the the sad, obviously part of it, but also the good in death. There is good in death. Um, if you don't believe me, ask Charlie Brown, good grief. Michael Scott said it best. And, uh, you know, there is there, you know, just like everybody says, you know, I, I'm just glad they're not suffering anymore. I'm glad that they're in heaven if they if you believe in, in an afterlife. Uh, but so we wanted to talk about that because we found that the biggest problem with today is nobody talks about death. And when they do talk about death, it's way past the point. And the problem is death and grief is something a little bit that's nature, but it's also learned. And if you're not taught at a young age, a appropriate way to deal with death and grief, uh, then you have a problem. You struggle with when you find yourself later while how do I grieve or am I grieving right? Or am I grieving wrong? Am I supposed to grieve them? Is it weird that I'm not grieving? Mm. You know, mm-hmm. these are all the kind of questions that Nick and I have been asked through the years. And because we have a different experience because as kids, we literally were playing Nerf guns in the casket room. Sorry, dad. I'm sure he still finds <laughs> Nerf bullets all over the place, but we were, you know, we played, so we would, it wouldn't be, you know, it wouldn't be different for me to run over to the funeral home and tell dad dinners ready. And he would be working on, um, you know, a, a local, a local, you know, grandparents in the community. And there was reverence in that. And it wasn't, it wasn't a scary place for me to go. But you know, what I realized is getting older is not everybody has the same experience with death or funeral yeah. home. And when we got older, Nick and I had an apartment above the funeral home. So even more so when we had people over, they would, you know, get confused at first, like, I don't know if I'd feel comfortable having fun here. There's death downstairs. And it was like, yeah, but like, and now I always love the stigma too, that like funeral homes are just full of ghosts because the real, the real situation is they didn't die in the funeral home guys. So if you believe in spirits, they're going to be in the homes. They're not going to be in the funeral home. Um, That's that's interesting. I never thought of that before, but I I think, I think, um, what I would like to talk and I'm sure you guys, your girls have a bunch of questions for me, especially as moms and as parents, but uh, that's, I would like to talk about that and get into um, how you deal as moms by themselves and then how you deal with it and spread it down to your Mm -hmm. children or, or even your spouse, because they might not know how to deal with children. What we're finding is, and it's okay. It's, it's going to be completely awkward the first time you talk to your children but what I suggest is talking to your children now mm. before it gets to, oh, grandma died, mom died. Now I got to take my kids there. How am I going to do that? What do I tell them? What do I not tell them? And uh, that's what I'm here for. So we're going to talk about death today. All right. That's fabulous. We're so, we're so excited. <laughs> I'm excited. 
but you know, all, all joking aside, I, I take very, uh, I'm very loyal to my occupation. I take a lot of reverence to it. But honestly, the one thing I learned as a young funeral director from a lot of other funeral directors, if you don't have humor, you're not going to last in this job. My job is very demanding mentally, physically, and um, I have the most inconsistent or consistently inconsistent job there is out there. It is a fun to try to schedule anything. So, Mm. Yeah, right. Because as we mentioned earlier, death doesn't wait. So death doesn't care that it's Christmas morning and Santa has just come, right? Sometimes... You have other things. Yeah, you know, that was the, the, the thing I was going to mention. I remember a lot of Christmases where we'd be in the middle of opening gifts and dad would get a call. And you knew when the funeral when the funeral line goes off on Christmas, it's not somebody trying to sell pets, you know, (laughs) you know, so, and I remember being very, and I'll be honest about this. I didn't want to be a funeral director until I was in college. I actually wanted to be a psychologist. Nick wanted to be the funeral director. And we actually did a twin thing (laughs) twins. Oh, twins. And we flip flopped. We flip flopped in college and uh, I became the funeral director and he became the psychologist. But the reason I didn't like it was the 24 seven. Um, funeral directors get, and this is the biggest thing. This is another reason I wanted to bring up the podcast. I want people to know what funeral directors do. The old, the old funeral directors didn't want you to know because they thought this is just something that we do and Mm. we deal with the stresses and anger with it. I think it's appropriate to know what we go through because the question always comes up. Why are funerals so expensive? I, I, I put it down in this small, easy way. A wedding planner gets paid a lot of money. We all know this. And he preps food. He preps a day where everybody gets together. He makes sure that everybody has their clothes right. He gets everything. He does that within six months to a year. I set up everything within three days. Yeah. Whoa. So yeah. I make sure the church, the sexton, the, 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 you know, the family is all prepared. I make sure all the de- legal documents get done. Oh, yeah. um, and I'm doing that all within three to four days. Now, that's I'm talking about a traditional funeral. Not everybody has that. But I'm saying think when you think about that, and you also think about three in the morning, I'm getting up, I'm putting a suit on I'm making sure my hair looks amazing because. I mean, come on. This is just, it kills. Very nice. Johnny Neutron over here. Going into somebody's house, you can't just show up, right? You got to be, you got to, you got to be reverent. You got to be ready to to talk to these people that have just lost the love of their life or this is their dad, you know? And so you can't just be like, oh, I'm here, you know? It's not like a a pack. You got to be very delicate. You have to, you have to know what to say and how to say it, but you're also trying to get them, you're directing, right? That's why they call it a funeral director. So your job is to direct them from point A, which is the loss of their loved one to point Z, which is either they're going to be cremated. So the end of disposition or the burial, but here's the, here's the real caveat. You're not done after that you have aftercare to deal with. So you might be dealing with bearing more of their family. You might, they might call and say, I don't know how to deal with these paperwork. I don't know how to do this. I'm struggling because my family's fighting about a certain thing. So there's a lot of hats that us funeral professionals wear that I want you to know. I think the public needs to know because I think the public would have more of an understanding that we're not crooks. I promise you that we are not crooks. Um, And you can ask any, any spouse, of a funeral professional, especially a wife that's a mother. And they could really tell you <laughs> why we make what you think we make. But another thing too, is the, it's, it's, there's not education in it, right? You see us come with suits on. So you just think, wow, they get paid very good because they're wearing suits. I'm going to tell you something. There's a two for one deal at JCP. 
<laughs> and that's where I'm getting my suits because we do a lot of lifting, right? You don't want to be in a $5,000 suit and going to somebody's True. house, A, if you can afford that, which I cannot. Um, but, you know, I, I, there's a lot of bad stereotypes that as funeral directors are crooks. We, we take care of, uh, we, you know, we don't do a, a good in what we do. We're very cold. Trust me, I am, I'm probably not the I'm probably the, the, the opposite of what the old the funeral director that's in the back with the top hat. He's like measuring you like, oh, here you go. You're about to, for your pinch toe coffin, right? That's what we were talking about earlier. Uh, but so there's a lot that goes into it. But I think I'm going to talk about moms, right? This is the, this is the show is about moms. Let's get in. Let's get in the heat of the meat right away. Um, before I do, do anybody got any questions or just keep going, Benny boy? I'm just fascinated. You do you. We'll ask questions after. Okay. All right. So moms. Okay. The first thing I always get asked by moms is, should we bring our young ones into a visitation field? Right. Okay. Here's my answer to you. Kids are concrete. They're going to tell you what they want, when they want, and they're going to ask questions. Am I, am I wrong or am I wrong? You know (laughs) what I mean? (laughs) <laughs> kids are going to tell you they've always have i i have two beautiful children i have a five-year-old daughter named veda which is a cool story and i'll get into it if i can chance and i have a three-year-old boy named roman and so i've uh, had the experience now of being not only a funeral director but being a funeral director that's a dad so i'm also going through a lot of these stages with you um, i'm also teaching my kids right from the beginning to not fear death i know that's I know that's not everybody's going to catch up on that but the idea is the less you make it fearful for them but that's tricky because what if you're fearing death, right? True. Your kids are very smart and they they see everything that you do. So if you're fearing death, they're going to fear death because mm. um, mommy fears death and mommy's supposed to protect me or daddy fears death and daddy's supposed to protect me. I obviously have to be fearful of this. This is how I protect myself. Um, so the more comfortable you can be yet again, I know this is a catch 22. I know this is not a a once going to save you or protect you for everything. I know that what I say is not going to be like, Oh, now I'm not afraid of death. Everybody's afraid of death. That's why existentialism is exists. And we can get into that later. Uh, But the big thing is the more you can educate your child on what's going on, what's going to happen, the better it's going to be. So going back to concrete now, obviously a one-year-old, a two-year-old, even a three-year-old, you're, you're, you're in a weird a, they probably won't remember it unless you make it super, unless you do something that's super, you know, most of the time they'd be like, I don't remember great grandmas. I was, I was, a, right. they're the ones that are running up a funeral that I'm trying to chase while the, the <laughs> pastor is probably trying to do something, um, you yeah. know, and they're clapping or they're trying to grab the pat, you know, all that. Uh, but when they start getting to four, they really start picking up on things. So what I suggest to any mom, even if they're older, even if they're in their teens, this might be their first real experience or the first experience that they're really mindful of is to let them know what's going to happen. Okay. First thing, do never say they are sleeping. Any parent out there, never tell your child that they're sleeping. Another thing that we learn is don't joke with them that the legs are gone. The legs are there uh, because kids are concrete. So uh, a dad or an uncle thought it would be a joke to say, that's why they cover half the bodies. The legs aren't there. So dad and I have been known to open it. So the kids see it because they'll remember that. And if you don't explain that, that's what they see. Right. So, uh, grandma's in this box. Why can't I see her legs? Are they gone? Is there something wrong? And what I've learned as a funeral professional, even with us adults, if you can't see the body in the casket, a lot of questions get asked. Mm -hmm. Why are they? Why are they not showing? 
what, what was it that bad? And people obviously have a bigger imagination mm-hmm. than really it really is. Obviously, truthfully, sometimes with trauma, we can't. It's just, it's too, it's too hard. And even if we try to do cosmetic or what we call restorative arts, which is putting someone back to a presentable way to show them, mm. sometimes it's just not, it's not what you want to see to begin with. Sure. Sometimes it is, sometimes we can. And there are some fabulous embalmers and restorative artists out there that do incredible work. They, they get flown all over the world because they're just incredible. Interesting. The biggest, wow. problem, with that is, biggest problem with that is time. Mm-hmm. So yeah. as you know, it's harder to harder and harder to get off work. It's harder to get the whole family there. So if you're, you're making people wait a week, two weeks, three weeks, that starts getting to a problem of it just doesn't work out in today's. And let's be honest with COVID, it's even worse. So that going under that, but kids, concrete, tell them what they're going to be experiencing. Okay. Grandma's dead. You know, whether you believe in faith or not, let them know she is not coming back. Mm. She's not going to oh. be there. The grandma that cooked that 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 cooked you and baked the the best cookies in the world, she is gone. She lives in here, your heart, and she lives on through what you tell people, what you stories, mm. and and she lives within you, right? These are the kind of things to tell kids, but don't tell them that they're sleeping, and then because they remember that, they remember that, and then years down the line, they go see someone like Nick because they have to have uh, uh, guidance because they were told that their grandma was sleeping when she was dead. So I'm just saying those are kind of things. Also visitations. This, I, this, I heard from another funeral director. I'm like, Oh, beautiful. Tell them that they're going to go into a room. They're going to see grandma in a casket. People are going to cry. That is okay. If you don't feel like crying, that is okay. If Mm. you feel like crying, that is okay. Guys out there, stop telling your kids that it's wrong to cry. Yeah. Crying, this is my dad's word. So you're going to hear a lot of dad coming through me. I'm saying, I'm saying things very, very fast. And I apologize, but I want to get everything out. Um, is, okay, so when you're, when you're out and you're out in the sun all day and you, you were in the garden and you were, I don't know, playing tag football, what's the first thing you want to do when you get inside? Anybody? Yeah. Answer. What? <laughs> I just said take a nap. <laughs> well, after you take a nap, I would hope you do something before you take a nap. Shower. You don't get- shower. What am I saying? Shower. Shower. <laughs> shower. And how much better do you feel when you take a shower or a bath right. or whatever? Yeah. You feel amazing, right? Yeah. Right? You ready for this? Is a shower for the soul. Ugh. And when you can let that out, there's a reason why you feel like you can feel, you know what I'm talking you yeah. ladies, I don't have to tell you this. I'm sure you're like Ben, really. But there's a point where you feel it and you're like, I just, you know, and then the biggest other thing is when people say, I'm mm-hmm. so sorry at a funeral because they start crying during eulogy. And I'm like, I think there'd be more of a problem if you didn't me because I was trained. Like, you're a funeral director. So you got to make sure everybody gets through this process, which is, I'm going to be honest, there is a reason why funeral directors are funeral directors. But crying is a shower for the soul tell anybody that you don't believe me. And these guys, these macho men that are like, you don't cry, watch any Super Bowl. We just watched it the other day, right? What's the first thing those players do when they win or when they lose? They oh, cry. They cry. Yeah. And like that's little- fine. And that's okay. That's okay that they slap butts and cry, but it's not okay to slap butts and cry at a funeral, right? Another <laughs> thing Nick brought up, and I thought this was Dr. Nick, sorry, my point. We hug kids when they're, when they're scared, right? We hug them, we kiss them, and that helps them, right? Protects it. Why can't we do that as adults? Mm-hmm. Why I'm is a that? hugger. I'm a yeah. hugger. And don't get me wrong. Like we said, there's some creepy huggers out there that like to be a little too much, you know. 
but especially with COVID right now, we can't yeah. hug. Yeah. We can't touch each other. Dan and I have to tell families they have to stay six feet apart. We have to tell them that they can't touch their loved one in the casket. We have to tell them that they can only have 25 people into the funeral. And that's something that I don't know if a lot of people know. We're still under the rules in Michigan, at least, where we can only have 25. And we talked to our OSHA rep. We talked to all of this. And what that meant was you can only have 25. So technically, and I'm not Please, I'm not calling out any funeral professional out there or director or funeral, Mm -hmm. but legally, that means you can only have 25. You can't do the two in, two out, because the idea is the 23 that originally in now have 27, 29, 31. We're trying to stop the spread of COVID, right? So that's Mm -hmm. the idea. Whether you believe in it or not, that's what. So it's been very challenging for Dan and I because we've been keeping to that, which Mm -hmm. has been an absolute nightmare. Um, and we've had families, you know, because some people just don't believe in how big of a virus this is, um, that how could you and your dad do this? You know, like, you know, and it's like, guys, we don't want to do this is not dad and I, we didn't make COVID, you know, we didn't do that. We're just trying to keep everybody safe. Um, anyways, going back to kids though, full circle, sorry, I'm going all over the place right now. Uh, So, so kids, uh, be concrete, tell them what you're going to, you're going to visitation, people are going to be crying, you're going to see grandma in a box, perfect casket, right? You guys are like, how do I describe a casket? Why is, they'll always say, why is grandma in the casket? Right? Why, why isn't she on the couch? Why isn't she, you know, why isn't she, um, you know, why a casket, right? Here's the best way to do it. This is the way my learned from my dad, it's perfect. Usually you find a set of kids, you sit down with the kids and you say, okay, Christmas is coming up because usually that's we're, we're in a Christian community, but there's other faiths, but birthday, Christmas, something like that. What is the thing that you get on your birthday or Christmas? What are the things you get? Presents. Presents. And what are presents in? A box. Box. Why, why are they in a box? Keep it safe. To protect it, to keep it safe. Fancier the box, fancier the gift. Mm. interesting because like i said kids are concrete you're not saying this to adults because you'd be like okay i know what a present is okay (laughs) i know what i know what i know what a casket is all right but for kids you explain it oh fancy the box fancy and then you find uh, we usually try to find the the cutest little girl in the crowd and i'll say someday you you'll be honored somebody's gonna get down on a knee you know because you gotta be you gotta be in the know now somebody Mm -hmm. not a man that was the Mm -hmm. old man true very true you're gonna get down on a knee and if they don't have that box when they ask you, you say, no, <laughs> you know, the ring box. Right. And then everybody laughs. The, the parents laugh. But every, it's, it's and if you can laugh and cry together, you're OK. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. OK to do a joke. Right. It's OK. Um, and, uh, uh, parents will ask me, too. Well, what do I do for Christmas or what do I do for this so-and-so's birthday? Right. So if it's another kid in the family that's died, what do I do? Right. <sighs> don't not do something. The mm-hmm. kids are going to be wanting to do something. The kids want to talk about it. mm-hmm. it's okay to say, son, I'm not, I'm not doing okay. I'm struggling. I miss mom. I miss Sammy. I miss it's okay. This is because they, they are going to want to know that they already know you're grieving. Okay. We could pretend to be the strongest parents in the world, but our kids are way smarter than we are. My, my daughter just said to me the other day, I said, I was trying to say something nice, but if I it's how we say things, right? You know, she knows I'm stressed. She knows I'm anxious. She knows that I'm getting annoyed. <laughs> That's just yeah. that. So she said, I said, I said it nice. And she goes, you said it nice, but the way you said it was mean. 
And I was like, hmm. <laughs> so they already know when you're, they know when you're hurt. And something we learned in college, which is something interesting for all you parents out there, kids will grieve second, which is interesting. You would think as parents, kids would grieve first, right? And I'm the parent, so I'm going to make sure they grieve. They know that you're hurting and they will not grieve until they know that you're okay. Oh, because oh. if mommy, mommy's not okay, I'm here to protect mommy. So this is a flip on the usual parenting thing. So you think you're tr treating them. You have to treat yourself before they can even treat themselves. Mm -hmm. So you need to grieve together, right? This is the big thing to learn as kids grieve together. They're not, they're not Watson someday. Danielle is going to be like, mom, where's what happened to your dad? Right. Yeah. He's going to ask you that 100%. The way, to, the way to really honor him and the way that you can both is to grieve together. Daniel, it's going to be okay if you, I'm sorry to bring you up. <laughs> like, no, no, no. By all means. I've had the personal experience of, of, of going through that, a little bit of that stage with Daniel. Mm -hmm. That's why mm -hmm. I bring it up. But she, he's going to ask, he's going to say, you know, my, um, my, my daughter's been asking about my, my, my wife's father who died um, when I was early dating. Um, and, you know, it's don't lie. Don't, you know, they're dead. You know, oh, but but he was really good at this. Or I remember this story. That's how you keep these people alive. I my uh, predecessor, my dad's dad, was an amazing funeral doctor. And in fact, in fact, I hear that I I remind people of him more than my dad. And I never really knew him. I he died when I was two. So mm -hmm. I'm here. I'm li he's living through me through stories I'm hearing from not only my dad and his dad or and the family, but the the public I'm serving. Because they'll say, your grandpa, you remember your grandpa, you're tall. Hey, you're taller. You have hair, <laughs> you know, uh, but all this. So, you know, like I said, kids, be straightforward, grieve with them and be honest. If you're struggling, it's okay to be honest with them. It's okay. Yeah. Trust me, they already know. it. So if you're lying to them yet again, so now you're doubling, right? You're, you're trying to say that grieving is a bad thing mm -hmm. and that you need to lie about it. So already you're putting these instilling in them, which they're going to obviously, as you know, as parents, all of you are amazing parents. I, I've listened to every one of your podcasts and I can tell, but just by the way you talk about your kids, you're amazing parents. You care about your kids. This is one of those challenging things where sometimes you got to do the harder thing to really get through to them. This is one of those times. What you will find is when you do that, when you have that hard conversation first, the rest are just going to come down the line because you're already going to establish some sort of a platform with them on death. And the only way, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a silly kind of tagline, Nick, and I say at the end of every podcast, but if you aren't talking about death, you ain't living. And that's the truth. Because if we all lived forever, a, we wouldn't have any room. We would be basically like scrunched up now mm -hmm. in the United States. But uh, on top of that too, we wouldn't have the stories. We wouldn't have an appreciation for life as much because mm -hmm. there is death. Right. That's the reason why we tr we strive to be to have a legacy. That's the reason why we do what we do, um, whether we believe in faith or not. So kids going back to kids, that's how you deal with the kids. Now, if you're a mom and you've lost a newborn, first of all, first and foremost, I have no words that can give you any reasoning for why that happened. I, I can't. I, I wish I had some more answers from the, the big guy upstairs, but I just don't have those answers for you but I will be here to help. One of the biggest things that people always say, especially when it comes to uh, people that have just went through grief, one of the things you feel like as a person is to say, hey, if you need me, give me a call, right? Honestly, if you say that for most people without them knowing it, it's a cop out because they're never gonna call you. Mm -hmm. 
No. They're never going to call you. No. If you really want to make an impact in somebody that's grieving, do what you're going to say. So if you're and and the best, the best time to do it, because here's the secret. After six months, when the pie stopped getting brought and the card stopped getting brought and all this stuff, that's when people realize, wow, it's really lonely here mm-hmm. now. To be grieving. Another big thing is the next holiday. So somebody loses their dad and Christmas is coming up. That's going to be their heart. That's going to be where, where the grief really hits them. Because what do we do now? Dad always made the cheese ball. I can't make a cheese ball. My cheese ball is going to be horrid. You know, like these are the kind of things to think about. Um, and I'm sorry, I could tell everybody's getting a little misty eyed in the <laughs> You at home is starting to be like, oh, I know exactly what he's talking about, right? You're at Christmas parties and that chair is open, right? Do we sit in that chair? Do we throw that chair out in the lawn and burn it? Like, (laughs) what do we do, right? That was grandpa's chair. He'd always sit, he'd sing the 12 nights or the the 12 days. 12 days. The the, the night before Christmas or the, what was that when, you know, he would always sing that. He would always say that to the kids. My grandma was a piano player, right? So Mm -hmm. there was that empty piano that wasn't getting, we were, we were, these are all the things, but it's okay. Now in that moment, realize everybody in that room is thinking the same exact thing. So be the one to say, guys, this sucks. This sucks that we don't have grandma here because a, I'm hungry and I want one of those cheese balls (laughs) (laughs) and B I don't have that voice that's singing. And it was probably horrid. That would always be the loudest one in the room. But you'll miss those things. It's those little things. And the, if you keep bringing them up, what I, I tell you what's going to happen. A, you're going to make everybody in that room laugh. And for a second, they're going to say, I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. I am not alone thinking that this is because everybody's going to be like, I don't even know if I want to go to grandma's house. Because I know that's going to be the one thing that we talk about. And I, or it's, what if I don't want to say anything? Guess what? It's okay to grieve any way you want to grieve. If you want to punch a wall, Here's that. They, they make pillows for a reason. Go in your room, punch the fluffing everything out of a pillow. That's why they make pillows. If you want to just go into a shower and cry, go and go into a shower and cry. You want to cry out in the open? Go out and cry in the open. Be, be, be mindful and be, oh, it's okay. Because guess what? Everybody grieves. And it's the people who don't grieve that have problems. Yeah. So kids again, so kids, moms that are dealing with grief. Another big thing that I've been taught as a funeral director is if you're going into a hospital and there is a mom that just lost a young one, first of all, never, ever, ever take that baby from their mother. Mm. Oh, You say to them, I am here. I am ready mm. for whenever you want to give me. Oh God. And make sure make sure you say their name for moms that are dealing with a young loss. Make sure you say their name because there was a lot of time and consideration and respect that went into them naming their child. That's true. Another thing, it's okay to talk to them about their child. If anything, what I've learned is most of them want to keep talking about their child because to them, if it lived and if, if I don't mean it is that I just don't know a name to say, and I don't want right, to say right. a name and somebody be out there listening be like, my name's Shirley. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you say their name. And so whenever you want, say it, because for them, a minute, an hour, two weeks, two years, 36 years, no parent should ever have to bury their, their, loved yeah. one, their mm-hmm. kid. Never. Right. This you're all moms here. I can hundred percent. I look at all these parents. Way to make us them. cry, Benny. I'm like trying to be cool. <laughs> <laughs> trying to be cool. 
<laughs> it's, hey, it's okay. okay. It's guys. okay. No crying. No, no. I don't want to hear any. Yeah. I break. Don't say you're sorry. Don't say you're sorry. <laughs> this is good. This is this is what people want to see, right? You you guys said it from the first one. You guys want to be real. Mm-hmm. Be real. Mm. Don't apologize about being real. You own being real. You know that like throat burn that you yes. get. Yes. <laughs> right, I was just talking about it. it was like cry for me. It's like right behind my eyes. There's like oh. a wall. It just like, like burns. Burns. it like vibrates, and you're like yeah. the longer you keep it in. <sighs> And I just swallow it most of the time. I'm like, why am I doing <gasps> I'm telling people they have to do that. And I don't even do it, right? Mm. We're human, right? So you'll say, you guys all did it. I apologize. I'm sorry, right? Can we take a break? You, no. No, it's fine. If I have to yell louder to keep up with the crying, let's do it. Let's throw some tissues around, snipple. right? Oh, I, know. I, so I have to ask. I, I'm just so fascinated by everything that you're saying, but I just want to ask, like, have you cried with a grieving mom? I have cried. I mean, probably. I, was, I told this. I told this. I told this to my my uh, twin brother, who, like I said, is a psychologist, and I said this to a doctor. I haven't had a good good cry in a while, and I'm not blaming. I'm not blaming my father, but I had a conversation with my father a long time ago. He said, "Ben, I'm going to be honest. If you want to be a good funeral director, which there is some value in what he's saying, so I'm not. You sure. might not feel the same way." I just found out that one of the big things in the funeral profession is more women are going into it, which is mm-hmm. amazing, yeah. incredible, incredible. And most of them are not from family firms, which is even more incredible. Why would you want to do that? <laughs> I almost you did. didn't have the loyalty. That's so right? up Danielle's alley. <laughs> I seriously, I was, I was pre-mortuary science for a while before I, I switched into more like medicine-y kind of things, but. It could have been, it could have been our podcast, Danielle, called yeah. uh, right? Bad I Funeral know. Directors in Business. I know. Uh, well, you know, and maybe you guys would have been on it. I don't know. I don't know. You know, I'd have to <laughs> think about it. I, I'm sure I would have. Bridget, you would be on just because, I mean, why not? You know what right. I mean? You, maybe you, the weakest you know, link, it's fair. Okay. <laughs> Well, and Amanda, you'd be the one that would that would uh, do the intro and the outro because your your outfits just always kill it, right? So you want to catch you want to catch the attention of the the listener and the viewer, because listeners can can see your outfit, right? I don't. Anywho, so beside the point, um, we're going back into. Uh, sorry, did you have a question? Did I answer the question? You had? Um, had you cried? Oh, sorry. Um, like with a so it's. It, I have not had a good cry in a long time. To be honest with you, I've done it interiorly for the last sure. uh, fifteen years, probably. Probably one of these days I'm going to go insane and you guys will hear about it. Um, I have cried. Um, my, my, uh, my godfather, my grandfather died. Um, Roman, his middle name is Edward. I named him after my grandfather. He was just an amazing man. He, he helped start mineral plumbing heating. I don't know if you ever heard that. He was just a very smart man. Didn't go to, didn't go to college. He paid for his own uh, Catholic central high school mm. to go to his, to go to that high school. Cause he wanted wow. to so bad. Um, he had 10 kids. So there you go right there. They lost two. Um, so they had, almost had 12 kids. So just an amazing man. Just, a, um, and I learned a lot from him. And, uh, I watched him go through Parkinson's and Mm. I made it a, I made it a thing. Okay. He's starting to get sick. I need to see this because when I talk to families, I want to at least be able to not only, um, sympathize with them, but empathize. I want to be in their shoes. I want to be able to say, I don't know how you feel. Worst thing to say, never say it to anybody. I know how you feel. I don't care if you lost, I don't care if you lost your spouse to the same exact thing. Sure. It was, you know, it was a race car. It was going the same amount. It was, a, <laughs> I don't know why yeah. you'd be getting hit by a race car. Grandma got <laughs> ran over by a reindeer. Both my grandmas got ran over by reindeers. We both know <laughs> it doesn't matter. You go through the same experience, the, the same exact experience, way different with grief. Mm. Um, and that's the big thing is never to say that, but 
honestly, the best thing to do is say, I'm here. I'm here to listen. Mm -hmm. Because most of the time, they don't, they've heard it all, guys. Everybody's heard it all. I'm so sorry. They're in a better place. Um, you know, you really should move on because this has been a year. You know, why haven't you gone through this? Like, these are all disenfranchising grief, which Nick and I talk about on the podcast, um, which is Let's Talk About Death pod, podcast. Check it out. We And a um, big thing, every listener out there, if you want, if you have any questions, go there and ask questions. We have yeah. an email. We talk about that. This is where our show goes. We want you to bring up these topics so we bring them up that it's not just Nick and I talking about what we think is important because obviously it is, but um, you know, it's always important to get with you. But anyways, this goes into disenfranchised grief, right? If you take somebody who's grieving and make it lesser for them, you know, a lot of people will say to Nick and I, I just, I went to the funeral. I was the only one crying and I didn't want to do that because I don't want to be the one that's the only one crying or I was the only one that wasn't crying. Mm-hmm. Why wasn't I crying? Shouldn't I be crying? Why did I not feel? You know, why? Uh, a lot of people too is like the anticipatory grief, right? They, 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 you know, grandma, we know she's getting worse. She's 94. Mm-hmm. She's got cancer. She's said to me, like, I'm ready. You know, whenever the good Lord wants me, you know, I'm, I'm ready to get back with my husband. We got to dance. A lot of square dance. There's a lot of square dancing going on a couple of years ago. Um, but uh, they want to, they're ready. You know, so when it happens, there's a part of you that's kind of relieved, right? Oh my because, God. So that's okay too. It's okay to feel that. Thank you for okay? saying that. Thank you for saying that. And I'm, I'm going to jump in here only because I lost my dad to cancer six years ago and we knew he was dying. And the whole time I thought, well, I'm grieving now. I'm grieving now. So once he's gone, I'm, I'm past the grieving and I can move on with my life, right? And if you listen to the show, you know that story about our relationship, but then he died. And then I was still grieving and I was like, no, 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 I already did this. Like, why am I still doing mm-hmm. this? I, it's so, it is good to know um, that anticipatory grief is a thing, but like there's still grief on the other side a lot of the time. You know? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. If you don't mind me interrupting you, Bridget, oh, it's an awesome, awesome story. Um, I'm going to bring up two, uh, first of all, being a big mama's boy. Um, I think all of us boys in the Kapal, my mom had four children and she had twins and she gave birth to us naturally. And we were seven and eight pounds. So I think automatically I owe her to be a mama's boy. (laughs) But not only that, I just, um, she's just incredible. And she's a wife of a funeral director. So I really, really, really appreciate her now more than I ever did as a kid. Um, But Dads and dads and daughters have an extremely close bond, whether they don't get along or they do. There's mm-hmm. a there's a thing to dads and daughters. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming all of you <laughs> ladies can understand this one way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, and they usually butt heads with their moms just because either they're so much similar or, you know, or, you know, but anywho, I'm, I'm just dads with daughter, daddy, daughter. That's why they have the dances and everything. I'm excited to have that with my daughter, but I'm not looking forward to when she turns 13 and looks at me and says, I'm going to do what I want to do. But uh, it's okay to feel that grief because going back to it, this is another thing we learned and we can talk about this or we can move on from this, but it's the stages of grief, right? So Kubler-Ross came up with five stages of grief. It's not, sorry, five stages in dying, which translated somebody figured out is the same exact feeling that somebody goes through with grief. And that's uh, that, which is denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. Your goal is to get to acceptance, which is, okay, I'm okay. I'm okay that dad's gone. I don't like it, but I'm okay with it. 
you know, I'm okay that he's there. There's, you know, there's the denial. Dad's not dead. You know, he's not, no, you can't, no, 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 no. Right. Go. Sorry. I never thought that that was a real thing until my father died. And I went through that so hard, so, Mm. so, so hard. And it was like, to the point where I would have conversations with my husband, Brandon, and he was like, are we good? Are we okay? Like, I feel like you're going through something. I know that you're still grieving and stuff, but like, should we go talk to somebody? Because I was, that denial was so Mm. strong for me. It was crazy. I felt like I was going insane. Wow. Yeah. And then there's, there's anger, right? I am so mad at you for that. Mm-hmm. How could you leave me with these kids? How could you leave me with this unfinished business? You said you were going to be around forever. You promised you were going to be around forever, right? That's mm-hmm. human nature, right? I'm mad at you or I'm mad at somebody else. I'm mad at the funeral director because he should not be taking my dad away, right? This is, this, they're, they're to blame. Somebody's to blame for this death, anger, mm-hmm. right? That's anger. Bargaining is... God, I promise I will stop drinking if mm. you bring my dad back. I, I, yeah, and we, we all do this, right? We all do this. This is bargaining thing. And I, I bring up drinking for no reason, but you know what I mean? Like, I promise yeah. I'll be a better person if you bring my son back. Mm. Mm-hmm. So there's the bargaining and then depression. We all know what depression somewhat can look like. And then acceptance. Now, here's the craziest part about this. And this is what Kubler Ross found with dying patients. This is not about death. They just equated to the same thing that people dealt with in grief, which is interesting. But this was people that were on their dying bed. She found these five stages with them. And acceptance would be them saying, okay, I'm ready. I got my bags packed. I'm ready. I've lived a good life. I, I ran the race. I've got to the finish line. I'm ready to go. Acceptance on the other end would be, okay, dad's gone. You know, let's keep his memory alive. I love him. He'll always be in my heart, but I'm okay, I'm okay with him being gone. Okay. But what we've also found about the five stages is nobody goes through them all in the same order. You may go through just one. Mm. You may go right to acceptance. Mm. You might go through all five and then repeat them five years down the line because it might come to my dad brought up something I didn't even think about. So his dad died when he was 52, 58, 52, 57, like that. doesn't matter. <laughs> my dad said when he got to that birthday, my dad has surpassed his father in age. Ooh. When he got to that birthday, Ooh. he was like, it was a weird thing to think, wow, I thought my dad was old, <laughs> older, yeah. yeah, but now I'm him. And now I have a son that's going through the same thing I did. What if, it happened to me. What if it's genetic, right? What if it's this whole thing? So he could go back. So he went back into a stage there for a second. And then you can go back to acceptance. My dad has always said with grief, right? Grief is like any other physical um, abrasion, right? You get a cut. I, I was in football once and I was a captain and thought it'd be a smart idea to do uh, practice without helmets because that's a smart thing to do, right? That's, that's just That just makes sense. Anyways, me and this other kid collided and he had braces and I have, I have a scar here. I don't know. But anyway, I started, right. The perfect scenario. I wish it was stuck there for a couple of days, you know, so you have that picture, you know, but yeah, he totally, totally got me with his braces. I had a, I had a big laceration and any, even if it was a little, when you get cut in your face and your head, you bleed like no other, right? Mm-hmm. So anyway, so my dad always brings it up to this, right? So that's, the original thing, you're in shock, right? You don't even really feel the pain. That's when you find out that somebody's dead. Daniel, you brought up that you were in denial. Part of the reason was because you couldn't 
really grieve until after everything was done because you're going through this, mm. whoa, you don't even really, mm. you're not really there. You were, yeah. you were really not really there the first couple of days. And that's usually when the funeral is, if you think about it. Yeah. And to be honest, I, it's very strange. I have very little memory of probably the first full year after he died. It's kind of what I do remember is very dreamlike mm-hmm. for me. I've, I don't know if I've just like shut down, I've blocked down about it, but like I, ha- it was, yeah, I was just kind of surviving and I was in survival mode mm-hmm. and um, I have very little memory about that first year. It, it's almost like, it's almost like for you it, it, in your situation, like you're almost like half an orphan, right? So there's yep. also that, there's also that like feeling like my gen, my genetics are gone. There's part mm-hmm. of my genetics gone. Mm. Uh, so uh, yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot with grieving and this, th- we could have these conversations all day, yeah. but the idea with kids is the best thing I could say for kids and best thing for parents, be honest, be open, let them know what's going to happen. If they tell you they don't want to go up to the casket, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But don't not let them have that opportunity to go up to the casket. Don't let, I, I always suggest bring them to a visitation, right? You don't have to bring them to the funeral, but bring them to the visitation if they're really super young. Let them experience what they want to experience. If they say the next day they want to go to the funeral, let them go to the funeral. Mm-hmm. Because they're going to remember that if you say, oh, you're not old enough to mm. deal with that right? You're not old enough. You don't know what death is. They know what death is. They've, they've watched cartoons, but let's show them what real death looks like. Okay. So when they get older, it's not their first experience when they're 21, 22, 19. Mm-hmm. They've experienced it when they were younger. They may not hundred percent understand their own feelings. They may be crying just because they're watching you cry, but the idea is that's okay. That's okay to go to cry. It's okay. Mom, let me go. So now I can let my kids come. Mm-hmm. that's the biggest problem. And this is, this is the only thing I'm going to say that um, may be a little bit out there. That's my only issue that I have with direct burials and direct cremation. Mm. If that's what your family wants to do, that's amazing. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not, if that, if you're okay with that, your kids are okay with that. But what I'm finding is there's always one grandkid or there's one kid that cannot handle that. And they, what, what these people realize is we all in our own, mortality think, I don't want people to have to deal with it, right? I don't want them to have to pay money. I don't want them. Funerals are not for you. Yep. They're for everybody else. Yeah, living. And the problem is you don't realize how for some people that one hour just to see them, just to say goodbye, I'm sorry, means the world. So when you do a direct situation, dad and I have had calls from grandkids. Can I come and see grandma? I'm sorry, grandma's not even here anymore. She's been cremated. You know, and realize that's who's losing out. And grandkids, I have a special relationship with my grandparents. I can tell you that right now. You're almost sometimes closer, especially now in today's world, because a lot of grandparents are the ones raising kids. Guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody's working. So uh, what I would suggest is if you want to go down the road, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying, make sure it's okay with everyone. Because really, at the end of the day, is it really the, is a couple hundred more bucks, really that big of a deal to giving the opportunity. And sometimes funeral directors will allow it without making you have to spend a lot of money. You know what I mean? We're not here to make, we're not here to put you in a worse situation. We're here to take care of you, but we also have to keep our doors open. Mm -hmm. So we're in this tricky thing where, Hey, I'm so sorry you lost your loved one, but here's this big bill that you're going to look at me straight in my eyes. Right. But you also don't consider that I'm working 24 seven. What do you pay somebody that works 365, 25, 24 seven? Right. So true. So anyways, going back to that, kids, 
Be honest with them. Let kids be honest with you. Let them ask you questions and you ask them questions. If you see that, what I've noticed, kids that ask you questions are the ones that are dealing with grief in their own ways a little bit better. Kids that aren't asking questions are the ones you got to worry about. That's Especially if you fun. see them going down a rabbit hole. Um, another thing too with kids, like I already said, they let their parents grieve first. So you might not see a problem until six months to a year later. Don't mm -hmm. be surprised on that. Don't be surprised the next school year if they start flunking their grades and everything. True. Bring up, are you, are you struggling because grandpa died? Are you struggling because dad died? Are you struggling because your brother died? That's okay. Mm -hmm. Let's get you help one way or another. I'm a funeral professional. I'd love to talk to anybody. If your kids need somebody to talk to and they don't want to go to a psychologist or they don't want to go to a parent, no offense, mom and dad, but sometimes we're uncool. Yeah. Go someplace else, go find it. There's, there's people out there. There is um, places that help with grief. There's like Gabby's Ladder and Monroe. They do an amazing job taking care of kids yeah. and, and adults too. They have grief, widows, all this. So anyways, that is mine. I can go on all day. Thank you for having me. Hope I didn't make everybody cry. Oh, you, <laughs> you did. Oh, you did. You definitely did. Hope I made you cry in a good way. So, Benny, we typically, first and foremost, thank you for for oh. all of that. I think that we can, like you said, we could we could talk um, ad nauseum about this. So, I I would love to have you come back and and talk some more with us. But um, you're you are a listener to our podcast, so you know at the end we always end with be something. Um, and I've been racking my brain so what we should, what we should be, what we should leave this podcast with. And I would love if, do you have an, a thought about what that should be? Grieve freely. Mm, be able to grieve freely. Be able to grieve freely. Own your grief. Hmm. Mm. Like Danielle always says, she own it. She always goes, she's something. Yes, she does. She own it. <laughs> she's got she it. She's grief. writing it down. She's <laughs> she's taking those notes. Own your, own your grief. Don't don't mm. apologize for it because honestly, everybody goes through it in their own way, one way or another. Mm. Well, thank you so much again, uh, Benny has a YouTube channel where you can catch him and his brother. It's Kapal's Corner and his podcast. And correct me if I'm saying it wrong. Let's talk about death podcast. We will link those both in our show notes so that you can go and check them out. Um, thank you again so much for being with us. I, I learned a lot, even having gone through the grieving process as a mother um, you know, it'll happen again and my kids will be older this time. And, mm -hmm. um, I learned a lot. So I'm so thankful that you were with us today. Oh, absolutely. And one more thing, don't be hard on yourself for making mistakes about grief in the past. It's not something that's taught. It's something yeah. that's learned. Yeah. So yeah. don't be hard on yourself. Love that. Love that. Mm. All right. Benny, thank you so much. Thanks, Benny. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Guys. Bye. No.